You're listening to the Visibly Fit Podcast. Hey, I'm your host, Wendy Pett. And every week, I'll give you holistic, practical solutions for everyday issues related to nutrition, healing, functional fitness, and behavior modifications. As a naturopath, fitness expert, and wellness coach for over 20 years, my goal is to empower you to reach for greater health and to rise up to your next level of living in mind, body, and spirit. You were created with greatness in mind. It's time to own it. Are you with me? Then let's dive in. Hello and welcome to the Visibly Fit Podcast. I'm your host, Wendy Pett. How are you today, dear friend? How are you? I love spending this time with you. I think I say that a lot, but I do. I really, really do. And I'm so blown away as I was just looking at the algorithms and the analytics of this podcast. And I, you know, it changes all the time, but recently, currently, it's showing that people are listening from just all over the world. And so if that is you here today and you're outside of the U.S., if you're here in, in America and you're listening, thank you, thank you, thank you. But if you are outside of the United States listening, wow, really, thank you. Blown away. Australia, Canada, Sweden, Germany, India, Romania, Indonesia, Israel, Mexico, Singapore, Uganda, UK, Rome, I think I already said Romania, um, <laughs> all over, um, Mexico, Netherlands, Ghana. I'm, I'm just really blown away. So thank you for tuning in. Really, really appreciate you. And speaking of all the different areas in which I just mentioned, do you ever think much about different cultures? We tend to be a blended world, right? There's multi- cultural pockets of of different people in in our countries and in the US especially we have a, a very blended nation and it's a beautiful thing but what about when it comes to uh cultural i don't know ethnicity and, and foods and how that comes to play with our health well, today is a very special podcast because I have a dear friend on and we're going to talk a little bit about how she felt coming to the States from India, especially when it had to deal with her ethnic foods that she liked to eat compared to the standard American diet of America. So today on the show, I have the pr privilege of having uh, Deepa Deshmukh on and I've known her for for many many years but over the last 18 years uh, as a dietitian nutritionist she has helped hundreds of people from various ethnic backgrounds lose weight reverse and manage their diabetes and reduce their cholesterol and blood pressure levels deepa specializes in providing culturally adopted nutrition focused practical uh, focus practical and tactical strategies to those who have chosen a path to change their lifestyle to feel better. Deepa's overarching goal is to help individuals and communities to have access to nutrition, focused care, and help achieve health equality. I love what she stands for. In 2020, Deepa was recognized as one of the top 10 dietitians in the country by today's dietitian publication, for her innovative approach to health and wellness. Enjoy this episode. Welcome, Deepa, to the Visibly Fit Podcast. I am so excited you're with me today. 
Oh gosh, Wendy, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm super excited. You are such a precious friend. We've known each other for years, and we were just speaking together at the same conference, the Plant-Based Nutrition Healthcare Conference in California, and you speak all over the place too, and it's just really fun. So thank you for taking the time because we have a topic that I have never talked about on this podcast before, and I feel like it is a vital conversation to have. And it's one of the things that you have presented on quite often, and especially recently, but let's talk about the issue at hand that we have, especially in this country, with just on a cultural basis. And why don't you share just from your heart what's going on? When we talk about culture, we all belong to a certain culture, and we all serve a community of that kind of shares our background. Human race is a culture, right? Or we are all the same at some level. Not fundamentally, we are all the same people. And it's just, Wendy, you have slightly different cultural background uh, than I do, but that's like me wearing sari, which is an Indian traditional dress, and you wearing this beautiful tunic that you have, but at the core of it, it's made out of cloth. So culture is something that is very unique, that is not very unique, but that is very common. And within that, we have unique individual representation. And the issue of culture is very near and dear to my heart because I came from Southeast Asian Indian culture and in 1993 and was exposed to this very new culture, cultural environment. So I understand the little bit of uh, struggle or adjustment that can happen or that needs to happen to 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 blend in without really losing your identity. That's really good, Deepa. And really, especially, I know your heart is around the the inclusion of how we eat together. And what does that look like from different ethnic backgrounds? And so you experienced yourself as when you came to America, the kind of pushback, if you will, or push out because you were not used to eating the standard American diet, which I wish nobody <laughs> was used to eating the standard American diet. But tell us about how you felt when you first got here. And that's why this is such a, a bubbling up passion of yours, because you've experienced it firsthand. But what did that feel like? And what are you on a mission to do uh, about it? So when I came and looked at the food, I had bought some staples in the suitcase from India when I came in. And then I went to the grocery store. Oh my God. I did not, I couldn't even comprehend what that place was to be called. And the packaging looked so shiny and all the boxes and different kind of aisles. And when I saw the word breakfast cereals, I said, really, there's a breakfast food? I've never even heard that concept that there's a separate food for breakfast and there are snacks and there are this and that. And for a shorter period of time, I felt that my food, which was, which literally, they were just whole grains and some beans and some spices. Or eating real food. Eating real food did not look, what can I say, as sexy as the modern food, as the one that was in the shiny, shiny packages and packets. But when you so, open up the package, it's not so sexy. <laughs> 
But really, I didn't even know. But we have a perception that United States is an advanced country, right? I came, I come from a developing country at this time. At 30 years ago, it was developing. Now it's getting closer to developed country. And, and what but part of India? I was, there's a city called Pune, closer to Mumbai. That's okay. where the Indian movie, Bombay Cinema is. So when you come to an advanced country, you would you feel that, hey, everything here is the greatest and the latest. And then I saw my food and I said, oh, this food doesn't look as, it looks, it does, it looks very old. It looks, it doesn't look modern. And maybe these people know there's more to mac and cheese than I learn and I do. And maybe that's the way of living. And I did start Buy into it. a bit of cereal and milk and homemade. It just didn't feel right. The deception, no, it, actually, right? It, it was deception. And yeah. then ironically, Wendy, and the sad thing is nothing much has changed in that arena, that I started working as a volunteer at a Brighamans Women's Hospital, a Harvard-affiliated hospital, within four or five months after I came here. And they were serving jello. They were serving chicken broth, Gatorade. And during that time, I had an opportunity to to do a little speaking at a food pantry. And same food was given to people in, in the food shelter. Yeah. And that really shocked me. I said, how is it even possible that cancer patient, heart patient, homeless person, grocery stores, they are pretty much eating the same kind of diet. You would think the sick person would have better diet than the non-sick person. You would think, yeah. You would think, but th th that really opened my eyes into this arena of what this food is all about. And I went on that tangent to, to unravel what was happening, where is this food coming from, and um, decided to take that further. I'm glad that you did because we're all grateful that th those that know you are grateful for your passion and what you're doing in the world. And But let's go back just a minute for about just talking about culturally, hmm. how even the young kids of today that are going to public schools and what they're experiencing and how it's just wreaking havoc in our society. Correct. Let's take a school setting. Okay, and let's take a typical school lunch tray. What does it have? It has chicken brown, nuggets. Brown. Brown. Maybe white. Highly, <laughs> highly processed brown. Chicken nuggets, chocolate milk, apple, French cheese fries. Tray, French fries, pizza, hot dogs, whole grain chips. That's it pretty much, right? Yeah, I mean, hamburgers. I mean, just hamburgers you know, and right. Now, that is your standard, just imagine an mm -hmm. Asian kid, African-American child, Hispanic ch child, and even a Caucasian person, Caucasian ch child, and Native American or, or a Filipino ch child, put, them, put that tray in front of them. Tell me which traditional culture serves that food? Do people in Italy eat that? Do people in Greece eat that? Do people in no. 
Southeast Asia eat that? Do people in Middle Eastern eat that? Do people from Africa eat that? They're beginning to. Yeah, they're beginning to. But if we go back to cultures, our heritage. Right. What heritage it belongs to? Yeah, it's man-made here in America. And we are. (laughs) And that's the only option these kids have. Yeah. And when they bring their own ethnic foods to school, they get made fun of. They get made fun of. I feel a little bit bullied as an adult 30 years ago when I was, like I said, my food did not look like that. And I thought that the the food needs to be shiny and artificially colored and mine did not look that good. So that, that affects you psychologically. And same thing with these kids. What's happening is they look at this food, they end up eating it. It's almost like... They want to be included and it is very addictive. What does it have at the end of the day? Salt, sugar, and oil, Uh right? It is a very addictive substance, opens their dopamine pathways. They are very happy, poor kids, and they go back and eat the same thing. So now I have seen this personally. If, If a parent from different ethnicity tries to give lunch from home to that child, the child says, oh, no. This does not taste as good as the school lunch because they are used to that high, highly and processed salt, high. food. And so do they end up either not eating because they are being bullied or they end up just mm-hmm. falling into the standard American diet way? Is that kind Both. of what happens? Both. Both. Yeah. And what I have noticed is so eating disorders happen. Eating disorders. If you eat the standard lunch tray, it's going to make you gain weight, make you feel look swollen, make you look fatigued, make you feel depressed. You are from fire into the frying pan type of situation, right? Right. That starts to affect your self-image. That starts to affect your personal value as a person. And now we are, so the, along with the physical illness, the mental illness starts to creep in. And that is, that's how eating, the eating disorder starts. It's a combination. And then over a period of time, our generation is becoming malnourished. Yes. Toxic mm-hmm. hunger. Toxic hunger, impulsive, malnourished brain and body cannot function. Right. And from that tray that we just described, what is it in there that is providing them with the fiber, the basic nutrient? 97% of school children are fiber deficient. 97%. Wow, I believe it. And when you are deficient in fiber, you are going to be deficient in water, moisture. Yeah, so I, I think about how these malnourished children grow up to be malnourished adults that have children of their own, it just becomes this vicious cycle, right? Couldn't. So I think of how America has so many different ethnic cultures in it. And so as a society, we really just have to get a handle on this. Obviously, we need to be educated. We have to educate ourselves and pass that on to our children and understand that what we're going to be fed at hospitals and schools and that kind of thing is not what we deserve or need to be nourished with because it's not nourishment, it's fake. 
So what do you tell maybe a new family? Do you counsel or talk with new families that are that are moving to America at all? Or have you coached many families of different ethnic backgrounds to get a handle on this? Last 18 years, I have worked with, with minority population. Okay, ethnically diverse minority population and a lot of families. In fact, it's working with these families, I realized how bad the school lunch was in terms of nutrition. Because when I started getting patients, and that was almost 15 years ago, four-year and five-year and eight-year with high cholesterol and triglycerides, I said to myself, what's going on here? And when you do their intake, you notice that they eat breakfast at lunch, breakfast at school, lunch at school, and some of them have after-school snacks. So they have anywhere between two to three meals that have been provided by schools. And mom and dad are busy and they might be having dinner out right. of a box or from the fast food chain. Yeah. Right. And remember, these families are from underserved communities with a lot of social determinants of health. They have a lot of competing priorities access to care, access to food. They, they are into multi-generational homes, so they are taking care of other, other elder, elderly family members. As it should be, by the way. As it should be. Yeah. For, exactly. They may have just one car, so transportation is a barrier. They have financial barrier. They have knowledge barrier because now they go to the... Their child comes home and says, Mom, there is something called pizza, and I just love it. And maybe you should start making it. So mom thinks, oh, if school is serving pizza, then it must be good. So now she starts making her rice or beans or, or the dal and rice or injera bread. And now she's making pizza. Then she goes to grocery store and she says, hey, somebody else has made already made that pizza. It's, it's in the freezer and it's so much cheaper. Cheaper and, and she's a working and... mom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if she's a working mom with two jobs, I have so many moms who work overnight or have one full-time and one part-time job. And are you seeing that so, with uh, single moms or just the mother and the family no, in general? A lot, lot of yeah. migrant families work two jobs or the women of the house will work overnight so that she's around to take care of the uh, kids during the day. or And then she's, she lacks sleep. Yeah, Her health gets compromised. She has so many things to do during the day. So she is going to look for convenient. And then if she ends up at a food pantry or a grocery store or any other uh, food uh, supplement program, everywhere we are serving plenty of processed, uh, nutrition, nutritionally empty foods. So these people are stuck. Yeah, it becomes a problem. And that's where uh, people like yourself and, and myself that are going out to educate uh, is just it's just vital. It's important. But it's also important that um, people not only um, are getting educated, but they are um, just becoming equipped with understanding that, OK, I might actually be addicted to this food and that they have to stop the insanity, so to speak. And it takes some radical shifts in the beginning. But then you start to feel the difference as with your patients, just like I do. They feel the difference. And it's, whoa, I'm feeling better. I have more energy, you know, more brain fog, sleep better, all the things, getting off meds. And that's what we want. So what are you 
like right now, first of all, I love your YouTube videos. You've been doing quite a bit on your cooking demos, which are fantastic because I love all the ethnic foods that you bring to life. And I think a lot of times people don't cook that way because they don't know how, but oh my goodness, there, there's so many incredible ways to cook that have made your flavor. In fact, you say easy, flavor, flavorful, and good for you recipes. That's your little motto, right? <laughs> and so yeah, that's what everybody wants. Easy, flavorful, and good for you. And that's what your YouTube uh, channel brings to the table. So if you're listening, make sure you check out Nutritionist Deepa and uh, check out her channel. But I think I saw one not too long ago on your doll, which I love doll, and it's high in protein and man, flavorful. So what are a couple of your favorite recipes? I'm just curious. Let's go from your heritage first. Okay. So to tell you the truth, Wendy, I have become quite global now. Ah, yeah. that's good. All right. <laughs> I you like Mexican and I, I go I do Mexican. Yeah. If somebody wants to start to eat healthy and and want to include that flavor and and that variety of nutrients, start shopping at ethnic grocery stores. Yes, good. Okay. There are Mexican grocery ethnic grocery stores. There are Italian and Greek ethnic grocery stores. And I'm not talking about going to a standard grocery store and like the a market flyer. Yeah, the yeah. ethnic aisle. I'm talking about going to a Patel Brothers, which is like an Indian grocery store, or H Mart in our area, which is a Korean, and there's a Japanese grocery store, and Mexican, and so on and so forth. And just like our traditional markets, they also have plenty of junk in there. So don't get fooled by that. Yes, I was just at our Asia mall not too long ago, and I'm like, whoa, all this sugar everywhere. <laughs> exactly. That's but, but it's fun to see all, all the different ethnic just fruits and vegetables. But I think a lot of people don't go to them because they're yeah. afraid. They're like, they're I don't afraid. know what that is. It's really intimidated because... Intimidated, just like you were when you went to our grocery store. <laughs> Exactly. Just go and stick to their produce section. Yeah. And their grain section, because that's where all the health is in this couple of these aisles. Look for some herbs and spices and look for some interesting looking vegetables and fruits and go in the grain and look for some ethnic grains and some noodles and some pastas and stuff like that. And that's where you start. But going back to your question, I what well, when it comes to Indian food, what do I like? The dal is an easy one. But what I really like for myself and for people to try is using my no-oil technique, how they can stir-fry different greens. Yes. Because remember those greens and the nitric oxide effect of eating those greens, how it opens up our uh, arteries and veins and make it non-stick so that we won't have plaque formation, all that. And I feel American diet falls a little bit of short in eating variety of greens. So we have to go a little bit beyond eating just salads and try these different greens. So I, from Indian stores, we get all kinds of greens and some of them are a little sour. Some of them are a little bitter. Some of them are sweeter. So you get natural flavors. And when you cook that with some basic herbs and spices, what can I say? It's delicious. So good. Okay. That's a good tip. I love that. Try different greens, different ethnic greens. I will say I've been to in India, was there for about 13 days. Stay away from the naan. Yes. 
I gained a couple pounds. <laughs> it's so good. Wendy, it, again, it may not be none, but it's all the all the stuff. Right. And right. Oil, oh, my God. And the yogurt oh. and the cream that they put in. Oh. Yeah. Nuts. Yes. But cook it yourself. And um, that's really what you want to help people understand that it's easy, it's flavorful, and it's good for you. And so check out Nutritionist Deepa on YouTube and check out her incredible videos. They're simple, and I think you will benefit greatly. Let's talk a little bit about, I have my patients also batch cook and batch freeze, Mm. but I think I probably have them batch cook and batch freeze differently in different things. So I'd be curious to know maybe some unique batch freezing or batch cooking things that you bring into the mix that could really help somebody save time and make the most of their meals. Okay, that buckwheat bread. Okay, it's buckwheat is a grain from actually Africa and it ferments really well. And on my channel, I have a single ingredient. All you need is buckwheat and water and a little bit of patience. You soak that buckwheat, (laughs) you grind it, and you ferment it for 24 hours, anywhere between 18 to 24 hours, and bake that bread. That's all to it. It comes out really well. There is no yeast. There is no kneading. There is no machinery required. And it, it can be done in a small over-the-counter oven. So you don't and have to do it like a sourdough. No, Just, yeah. not at all. Just soaking the buckwheat, grinding it, fermenting it, putting it in the oven at 400 degrees, There are a couple of nuances in terms of how thick the batter should be. So watch the um, video. But once it's done, eight days worth of delicious breakfast is done. So I do my buckwheat bread and I do two different versions. One is savory and one is is sweeter, but I just add different fruits in it, local uh, seasonal fruits. Like I have made it with mango, I have made it with persimmon, I have made it with uh, berries. Sounds good. And the savory mouth water. It's it delicious, Wendy. You have to try with jalapenos and garlic and other stuff in cilantro in the savory version. So that's one of my favorite. And then the second thing I do, I batch cook is all my dals. So specific dals like mung dal and any kind of beans to, for that matter, you can cook and freeze them. But one another thing that I not batch cook, but batch made is my dry blend of different kind of seeds along with spices. So that combination gives you just a little bit of healthy fat from the seeds and a lot of flavor from the spices. And it and in order to extract the flavor from the spices, you need just a little bit of that 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 healthy fat and grinding it together gives you that combination and it takes your everyday stir fry or your curry or your dal or whatever you're doing to the next level. That is so cool. I love that. That's very helpful. Do you ever make up a lot of uh, curry itself and freeze that or do you like, and I'll also freeze cashew cream Sure. and and I'll put it in like an ice cube tray and just pop out a couple and there's so many different things and ways to make things speed along. Yeah. So what I do, I make lot of onion, tomato cubes. So I cook onions and tomatoes in a, ba- in, in a big pot and then I puree it and then I freeze them in the same way that you do in ice cube trays. And believe it or not, curry is not something that all of us do every day. 
No, no. Theory is a little bit of a generic term. But once you have these ice cubes, we use this as a curry base. Oh, that's okay. good. Yeah. Yes. And then you don't have to chop your onions and tomatoes every day. And it just, it because you are, it is already pre-cooked, It you don't have to cook it for that long. In fact, a couple of those dal recipes use those cubes along with my ginger garlic cubes. And all in all, it adds nice body to that dish. That's awesome. So, so I love if that. I have to make soap, you just add these two cubes in it and off you go. Brilliant. I don't know this, but do you have a cookbook? No, I don't. You better get writing, sister. <laughs> I expect a cookbook next year. Oh my God. It's... <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. That's not when we, that's, we, I, we need to talk once the session is over. <laughs> oh, you're so cute. I so appreciate you. And, and I mentioned to you before we started this podcast that this podcast is a Christian faith podcast for the most part. Those are my listeners. And so I always share my audience what their faith is, what their faith background is. And so share a little bit maybe about your upbringing and if you practice a faith currently and what that looks like. First of all, human. Yeah, human, human is good. <laughs> That's number one. And then I was, I was born in India, so I practice Hinduism. Right. And within Hinduism, we have different ways that you can worship God, okay? One is by uh, being ritualistic. You do certain rituals and you get there. Second one is by karma, is with your service, what you do with your, with your skills, with your hands. And I have chosen that as my path for worship. So you may not find me in the temples too many times, but I consider my work as my karma, as my way of worshiping God, and that's giving back, and that's the that's part of Hinduism. So that's yeah. what I practice. I figured, I figured as much. I, I've been there. I thought so, and it's all good. But I let my listeners know always yes. because it's good to to know one another's foundation and background, and know that we can all get along and all that. And and, and that is that one thing. Sorry, Wendy. That is that fun thing about understanding each other's culture and using that as a springboard to to learn, to share, to be tolerant, to be kind and loving, be kind and exchange good ideas. I learned that. I learned how to eat. What can I say? What is it? Yeah. Okay. Just don't say hamburgers and fries. <laughs> no, not hamburgers and fries. But the whole concept of salads. Yes. Or even for that matter, smoothie, that's not Indian. But I learned those things from the existing American culture. And so that that in interculture exchange is extremely important. And that can happen through food is the medium that I have chosen. But there's so many things, you know, it could be dressing, it could be literature, it could be music. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. Important. That's beautiful. Yeah. We had talked uh, when we were in person. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you m remember this or not, but we have several people from India on our block. And mm -hmm. it's amazing how just family starts to move in together and really support one another as culture, even in a block or, or whatever, mm -hmm. just so mm -hmm. that they can feel there's community, like community is so important. But I had a woman reach out to me at one point and she had said, I've been here in America for 25 years. And she said, nobody has ever invited me into their home for a meal. And I thought, 
And she had invited myself and a friend over Mm -hmm. to have a meal. And it was actually the first time I'd ever had Tef Mm -hmm. and a few things, right? And it was a lovely meal. And we got to pray before the meal. It it was just very beautiful. And so I think how often can we start to invite people of other cultures and other ethnic backgrounds into our home in a loving, kind way and, and share and you bring a dish and I'll bring a dish and, and just, yeah, and just be loving and kind and see uh, how the Lord works. But yeah. Absolutely. Because see what happens is we sometimes make assumption. Oh, if I bring dish called Tef, which Wendy may not have heard. And now if I bring it to her, what will she say? Or Wendy may feel, oh my God, I love the, I really like Deepa. But if I take this whatever dish to her, she may not like it. Why are we assuming that we won't like it? We have to give each other a chance. And that that happens only with experimenting and and learning. So uh, that's how I have cultivated friends here, really. And that's why we are friends. I love you dearly. I really do. From the moment we met. Thank you so much for being on Visibly Fit. And people can find you at Nutrition deepa.com but i'll put all the information in yeah. the show notes as well and uh, go to um, deepa's website and also her youtube channel but she's just a, a brilliant wonderful woman and you will learn a lot so thank you for being on visibly fit thank you so much wendy yes all i right. thank you and i'll talk to you soon well that was a fun episode wasn't it it's always neat to learn new things from other people and so deepa has just a, a beautiful way about her, doesn't she? She's just so lovely. But man, just even the simple little techniques that she taught us uh, of new ways to do some batch freezing or batch cooking is is, uh, helpful, very helpful. So very cool. So again, make sure you check out her website at nutritiondeepa.com. And again, that will be in the show notes. And if you are and have been a part of listening to my podcast for a while or been a part of my tribe, so to speak, and you have been on my newsletter for a long time, and you just keep listening, listening, learning, learning, maybe lurking, (laughs) but yet you haven't taken action and you are ready for change, then make sure you go to wendypet.com and let's talk or go to getvisiblyfit.com. That's where my seven-week course is. And let's get going because I'm telling you, you matter, your health matters, and we can change the the trajectory of the, the path that your health is on currently. So make sure you either email me or give me a call and uh, we will schedule a time to talk and make sure it's the right fit for you. But yeah, go to getvisiblyfit.com or go to wendypet.com and uh, you can find out more information there. But God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. And I hope you found this episode to be helpful. Make sure you pass it along to others and get others. Uh, and if you haven't already yourself, sub, you know, subscribe to this podcast and, and that kind of thing, make sure you do. Actually, if you haven't left a, re, a review, a rating and a review, I would be so grateful because that actually pushes this podcast up to the top. So just leave it a five-star rating, please, and then a review, and I will uh, read that on the air as well. So thank you again in advance, and we will catch you next time right here on Visibly Fit. Take care. 
Well, that's a wrap for today's show. So thank you so much for tuning in. I love spending this time with you. To learn more and get more free resources, just head on over to wendypet.com. And thank you in advance for sharing this episode and this podcast, following and subscribing not only to this podcast, but finding me on social media, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, wherever you are, I'm probably there too. Until next week in our next podcast time together, make it a visibly fit day.